Welcome to the program. I'm Lori Rubinson, talking sports, having fun with you here on The Fan. 877-337-6666. Producing tonight, Mr. Michael Fliegelman. We say goodbye to Paul Rosenberg. And hello to Mike. You heard the big E, Emmanuel Barberi, on the updates. And uh, obviously, Sunday was September 11th, a somber day, a day of remembrance here in New York City. We as New Yorkers lost thousands of lives that day. And so on this day, we remember them and we pay tribute to them. The Jets, the start of their game before their game did a nice job of doing just that. But for many New York sports fans, Sunday also was a good day to root for the local teams. And for Yankee fans, and for Mets fans, and very much especially for New York Giants fans. Sunday was a very good day. For Jets fans, not so much. You heard Robert Sala, Jets head coach there, say, we lost. Bad loss. I didn't expect the Jets to win. But that was kind of a no-show loss. They look bad. They have too much talent to play that poorly, to not look like their offense belongs on the field. So for the Jets, it's the fourth straight season. The Jets have started with a loss. They now are, it's their 13th loss in a row in the month of September. And... When you have a game, when Joe Flacco throws the ball, throws the ball for 59 times, that obviously cannot have been the game plan going in. So a lot to break down for the Jets. I was more bullish on them coming into the season. I was not as optimistic. I admit it of the about the Giants, but Giants fans. There has not been a lot for Giants fans to be happy and excited about, honestly, in not much in the last 10 years. It's been a bad decade. They won the Super Bowl, the Giants, in two, after the 2011 season. After that, not much has gone right. And I admit it. I, I was happy and excited about the... Brian Dayball era, Joe Shane as general manager, Brian Dayball as as head coach, sure. Optimistic in the long run, yeah. But I knew this was the beginning, year one of a rebuild and a roster that just um, on almost every game they're going to play this season won't be as talented as the team they're playing. And that was the case on Sunday. Giants not as talented a team as the Tennessee Titans. So what does that tell you? What Here's your questions to call in on to start the show. Phone lines are open, 877-337-6666. What do we take away? Big takeaway, big picture from the Jets' loss from the Giants' win. And I'll start with the Giants. In terms of things to take away, I'll give you one word. So important in sports. Belief. Belief. Brian Dable. I just, this is my big note. I have pages of notes on all these games on Sunday. But my big note 
here on the page. Brian Dable equals belief. Giants fans, when was the last time that you can remember that the Giants actually schemed a wide-open receiver in the end zone? I used to sit there week after week, game after game, year after year, watching other teams scheme wide receivers, tight ends, People catching the ball would be wide open. And then I would watch the Giants. And say what you want about Daniel Jones. And he was not brilliant on Sunday. He was fine. He did what he needed to do for them to win. But most of the time over these past years with Daniel Jones and then before that, but most of the time it has been just excruciating to watch the Giants offense. The last few years, oh my God excruciating to watch the Giants offense. No separation from any wide receiver. And there it is. And it wasn't like, you know, they had uh, a fantastic group of, of skilled players out there besides Saquon Barkley. But Chris Myrick, the tight end, who's really a blocking, they're using as a H-back blocking fullback, They scheme him on that tying touchdown that turned out to be the go-ahead because they go for the two-point conversion, but they scheme him that touchdown late in the fourth quarter. The play calling leads to a wide-open receiver in the end zone for Daniel Jones. Oh, my God. When did we see that? And then Brian Dayball, the call, belief, to go for two on the road to try to win the game, not just a tie, but to win the game. When you're on the road and the other team was the number one ranked team last year in the AFC, number one ranking in the regular season, the Tennessee Titans, they had the best record in the AFC during the regular season last year. So they are a more experienced, deeper, better roster, more talent, more experienced coaching staff. Any measure, any way you want to slice it. And they're at home. So what is a tie getting you? Overtime against a team that's better than you are talent-wise, more experienced on the road? You're playing them? Why go for the tie? Go for the win. Be aggressive. Sterling Shepard, after the game, when asked about it, said about his head coach, he's not going to coach scared. And we have to play that way, too. Not going to coach scared. So what does that say? What is that message that that head coach sends his players when he says, I'm going for two? I'm going for the win. Belief. And when players believe, they play better. They have a better chance to win. Giants' offense was bad in the first half. I'll give you something else we learned about the Giants and their new coaching staff on Sunday. 
Here's another word we haven't seen a lot of in these parts, and certainly not from Giants coaching staffs, much of. Certainly not from Giants head coaches or offensive coaching staff. And that word is adjustments. Generally speaking, the Giants go into the locker room at halftime, come out, and things just get worse. This time, they go into the locker room at halftime, come out, and outplay the Tennessee Titans in the second half. First half score, 13 nothing. Second half score, 21-7 Giants. And they win 21-20. And look, the Titans are a better football team than the Giants. I'm not denying that. And as Bill Parcells would always famously, famously say after one good game, let's not put anybody in Canton. Not going to put Brian Dable in Canton after one coaching win. But when you look at the box score of this game and the stats, the crazy part of this is, Titans are a better football team, a more talented football team than the Giants. Titans' pass rush, especially in the first half, they were just routinely getting to Daniel Jones, pressuring the quarterback. Simmons with the strip sack. And the Giants really were getting very little little to no pressure on Ryan Tannehill. The Giants played this game without their both of their young starting pass rushers, edge rushers, both number one draft pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Aziz uh, Ozolari. Neither one of those guys played this game. And it showed. Giants had virtually no pass rush. So that was an area where clearly the, the Titans were superior. But if you look at this game, Titans are, this is a playoff team. This is a good football team. First downs, 19 Giants, 19 Titans. Total plays, 60 Titans, 58 Giants, almost the same. Total yards, 394 Giants, 359 Titans. Giants had more yardage. Yards per play, Giants obviously Higher, 6.8 to 6. Titans threw more, but the Giants clearly dominated running with Saquon Barkley. And you would think in a game where the Titans have a healthy Derrick Henry that they would have dominated with the run, but they did not. Giants defense holding the Titans to, and and Derrick Henry, but overall holding them to 93 yards rushing. And the Giants with Saquon, Run for 238 yards. Penalties, virtually even. Giants, 8 for 45. Titans, 7 for 50. Turnovers, they won that. 2 to 1. Giants, 2 turnovers. Tennessee won. But the the overall stats, you look at these two teams and you would have thought that they were somewhat evenly matched when you looked at the box score. Giants got outplayed in the first half, but they outplayed the Titans in the second half. And so... Credit to Wink Martindale, who somehow... Giants do not have linebackers. Uh, They basically have no linebackers. They couldn't cover the running back out of the uh, backfield. Hilliard burned them for a couple touchdowns. 
they don't have linebackers. They don't really have a second cornerback. Aaron Robinson doing his best. And yet somehow, and, and you're without your two starting edge rushers, and somehow Wink Martindale schemed up something that held the Titans to seven points in the second half. That's a hell of a job coaching. And the Giants come out in the second half with the adjustments that they make, 21 points in the second half. Now, a lot of that, God bless Saquon Barkley. 18 carries, 164 yards. Six catches, 30 yards, 194 yards of total offense for Saquon Barkley. And you'll hear from people probably things like, oh, this is the Saquon Barkley like you know, we saw in his rookie year or things like that. I would tell you, I thought he looked like a better, more polished player on Sunday than what we saw out of his rookie year. And he should by now, right? But it was that there wasn't the, you know, I know Saquon gets frustrated by hearing people talk about, oh, dancing back and forth. It wasn't that. He did do that earlier in his career. This was a Saquon who took the positive yards when they were there. He was not taking rushes for losses, trying to do too much. He was taking the two yards when they were there, the four yards when they were there, making positive out of, you know, nothing types of plays, falling forward, going forward, not dancing east and west, heading north. And then, and then, when the big plays were there to be made, busting the big runs, the 68-yard run that was a momentum changer for this football game. Looking like the Giants are going to go nowhere and Saquon bust it for 68 yards. And the Giants go on to win this football game on the back of Saquon Barkley. And by the way, on that two-point conversion, which was 50 parts, uh, well, let's say it was one-third Brian Dayball's guts, one-third terrific play call, offensive play call scheme uh, design by their offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, and one-third... Saquon Barkley just with will refusing to be stopped on a play that looked like it could have been stopped there. The second effort to get into the end zone for the two-point conversion that puts the Giants ahead. But when was the last time? How much Giants fans have you just craved? Like I know that Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs, I mean, we've been seeing the shovel pass for like you know three or four years now all over the NFL. Everybody else has been running these types of plays. And don't you sit there at home week after week after week as a Giants fan saying, where the heck is this in the Giants game plan? And why can't we see fun stuff like this? Why do we have to have the most boring game plan, the most vanilla game plan, and an offense that looks like it's from the dark ages? And there it was. You know, the Patrick Mahomes little shovel pass executed by the Giants for a two-point conversion. 
Unbelievable. For that second half there, now, is is Saquon Barkley going to look like that every week? Maybe not. But I also think that clearly they were annoyed at Kadarius Toney. They barely let him on the field. They let him run the ball a couple times, you know, once he was going to throw it. They were going to use him, obviously, on uh, on an option play there and let him throw it, and he didn't. He he hung on to the football. Another time he ran it for 19 yards. Um, they didn't, you know, involve him in the uh, in the passing offense. You would assume they will start to tap into that because they're going to need more dynamic playmakers. Um, big play out of Sterling Shepard, the 65-yard touchdown pass. But I think they need to throw the ball more to Sterling Shepard, involve him more in the offense. Daniel Jones, clearly he's his favorite receiver. He's most comfortable with Shepard. So... I'm I'm happy to see Richie James out there and playing and and getting six targets and making five catches, but they need to involve Sterling Shepard more in the offense, and they need to start throwing the ball to Kadarius Toney to make this offense more dynamic, to take some more pressure off Daniel Jones, to have more playmakers out there. There's more they can do to untap this offense. And frankly, they can throw the ball more to Saquon Barkley. Uh, They threw it seven times to him. He had six catches. Throw it to him even more. Um, But, and, you know, how about throw it to Matt Breida? He can be used in the passing game. There are different ways. I think the offense can be way more dynamic than even what they showed, which was a second half of effective football. And Daniel Jones, I'll tell you one other thing. You had to be encouraged as a Giant fan. How about a head coach who, when your quarterback makes a mistake and makes a a poor decision and then a poor throw on top of a poor decision, which was the interception in the end zone. You don't do a back shoulder throw to a running back. If you're going to do a back shoulder timing play, you do that with a wide receiver who's trained to do that. Not with a running back. Not with Saquon. That was a stupid decision by Daniel Jones. And what does the head coach do? He walks over to the sideline to Daniel Jones and basically makes it pretty clear. Like, what are you thinking there? And the, it was the wrong play. And that's okay. Players, Daniel Jones, good for him. Tough enough to hear that and come back and turn around and lead the team on a touchdown drive to go ahead and win the game and and execute the two-point conversion shovel pass to win the game. So good for Daniel Jones. But great for Brian Dable. So many messages he sent his football team. Messages that players, you know, we can all like Brian Dable. We can, we, you know, for a while people were, were happy in liking Joe Judge. They want to believe in head coaches, want to feel like you got the guy right, all of this. But liking someone only works. The players are, are going to lose faith in someone if they don't see it on the field. Even Joe, even even Brian Dable deciding to to use his challenge to use a challenge and winning, they're just positive signs of competence from a head coach, and that's what we saw from Brian Dable. And if you're a Giants fan, look, it's just one game. We're not putting anybody into Canton. 
but you have a right to be excited. There hasn't been a lot to be excited about for a number of years. And this was a, this looked like a well-coached football team. Players who were not as good talent-wise as the team they played against. But were able to pull out a win. Be excited, Giants fans, for one week. It doesn't change the outlook, per se, of the season. But the long-term outlook with Brian Dable as head coach and the type of offense that when he gets better players into the system and more experience with it that you can expect from him, be optimistic about that. Be excited about that. Giants are 1-0. That's a good win.